Welcome to the Sports Take Podcast. That was Devin Pendleton and his reaction to BYU upsetting number six ranked Wisconsin over the weekend. Devin was ecstatic. Like, could not believe. I couldn't believe what I had just saw. Devin sure couldn't believe what he had just saw. He called me like 30 seconds later. He was in St. George. I was up here in Salt Lake. Calls me 30 seconds later. Do you believe it? Oh my goodness. I get <laughs> what what the heck just happened? It's just so so happy. Happy for my guy Devin. BYU pulls off the upset over number 6 ranked Wisconsin over the weekend. One of many of the good top college games from this weekend also had in action Ohio State taking on TCU. Ohio State gets out of they called a neutral site game. TCU, I don't know who started giving like TCU the reigns of scheduling college football that they're now just like allowed to go out and be like let's schedule a neutral site game and the dallas cowboy stadium that's like five miles from our campus because that makes sense total it's like georgia scheduling a neutral site game in atlanta right like it doesn't work like if tc wants to play neutral site games play a neutral site game ohio state went in i'm gonna say tcu at tcu and won. yeah no yeah no i agree washington Took down the Utah Utes to Alex's dismay. Yeah, that was that was that was a brutal game. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, we're gonna get into that and a much more as we go on in this Sports Take podcast. If you haven't been able to tell already, it is just me and Alex here in the studio at ESPN 960. No Tabo, no Talmadge, no Devin, nothing. Just me and Alex rolling. Yeah. I guess not solo, but I mean, we're good at what we do, oh, and, yeah. and and we'll give you a good show. So no no need to worry. I mean, no need to stress. Who's on the hot seat, Devin and Tavo, right yeah. now? Because if we feel like we can just do this on our own, They're don't, screwed. Need <laughs> don't need them. Don't need them. Speaking of hot seats, this week we've got a few people coming out on the hot seat, specifically coaches after the weekend of college football and the NFL. Yep. Who do you have on your hot seat? So my hot seat is actually uh, head coach for the Steelers, Mike Tomlin. So I don't know if if you haven't been watching. Even if you actually haven't, you would know, but Le'Veon Bell was holding out and ranted about it last week. Now, after the game, one of the, I think, what was it, the Steelers execs, whatever, some guy with the Steelers said, Antonio Brown wouldn't be anything without Ben Roethlisberger, which also, which made me laugh, like it's Ben Roethlisberger, but whatever. And then he said, you know what then? Trade me. We'll see. And I was just like, whoo. And then Mike Tomlin's on their press conference on one Monday was like, yeah, I didn't show up. And I'm like... <laughs> oh, he, he just didn't. Oh, he just didn't show up. That, just doesn't show up. That, that's what you got for me. I yeah, wasn't here. I, was on I Twitter like instead. Le'Veon Bell wasn't here. Yeah. Antonio Brown wasn't here. But don't worry, we have Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner. Oh yeah. And we still can't beat the Browns. So interesting. The so, problem with Pittsburgh though is not their offense. 
No. Because they put up, what, like 35 points yeah, they're on de- Sunday? They're, they're it's their defense. It's, yeah, it's their like, defense giving up 42 points. Yeah, which is rare. I mean, Steelers aren't been known for one of those teams that have always had a, de- a phenomenal defense. Always. Or at least, like in or the at history least, of the franchise. Right, or at least a defense that is around. Right? Competent. It's ne- yeah, that's ne- it's never been a defense that's like been trash, right? Like they let up more points on Sunday than the Bills let up. And the right. Bills let up 50 two yeah. weeks ago. That's a problem. So big, big problem. But Mike Tomlin, dude, you got to listen. If I don't know if it's like you look all tough game on the sidelines with your aviators and you're just looking all mean. And you're, just big old, going on. and you're a big old softy in the locker room, and that's why your players are leaving. Like just control. not showing know. up. Yeah. Like l- not like, leaving, but not even showing up to begin with. Right. It's just crazy. Like it's just, Antonio uh, Brown made the conscious decision of he wakes up and thinks, nah, yeah, like, no I'm not going. I'm good. Like what are they going to do? Right. <laughs> just trade me. I'm just going to say some him things and, on Twitter. Him and, and Bell up. were out on Lake Erie. Yeah, just out on the town, soaking out on the up lake, the sun. Doing the, yeah, doing what they had to do. Meanwhile, everyone else is practicing. James Conner needs to go to the barbershop. Obviously, yep. isn't going to the barbershop. He needs a lot more than maybe a barber. Like there's some there's going to be some dudes <laughs> that need to like take a look at that because that's not it's okay. the Antonio Brown effect. At least Antonio Brown, like his word, okay. I mean, compared to what James Conner is yeah, doing. I don't know what James Conner's doing. Yeah. Strange I mean, to say the least. Yeah. But yeah, Mike Tomlin, man, he needs to get a hold of his players. He needs to start, start Maybe putting some, a, a some hammer down in here because yeah. obviously he's not doing a very good job. Rule number one, you're going to show up to work. Rule number two is you're going to get real haircuts. Right. Rule number three, you're not going to let get up a team 45 barber. points That's what again. you need. Get a team barber and... Let it be. I think there I, might be one, and that's the problem. Oh no! Levia or Antonio Brown oh. brought in his own barber. Was like, this is the team barber from now on. <laughs> is that cool, Coach? Coach is like, whatever. Yeah, he's just sure. like, oh, okay. He's over in his office I don't know what's going on, on his phone. I don't know if you're here or not. Apparently, sure. Yeah, what do I know? <laughs> yeah. Um, my hot seat. Also a coach, not quite a head coach at the NFL level, but an offensive coordinator at the collegiate level. Troy Taylor, offensive coordinator for the University of Utah. Let me just tell you where the University of Utah ranks offensively in the country. Last. I'm not going to give you I'm not we're not going to talk about the Washington game yet. I'm going to let you talk about that in a second. Here's where they rank in the offensive categories. In points per game. Probably an important category where you want to what would you say is a reasonable like if you're top what you're going to have a successful season offensively in points per game. Like you need to be like where do you set the line of like top 50, top to be successful? Like, what's the limit of, like, if you're below this margin, you're probably not going to have a good season? Well, if you think about it, probably if you're anywhere past 30. If you're below, in personally, because your offense is, like, in college football, they're high-scoring games, right? That's how it goes in college football. Yeah. Your offense needs to score a lot mm-hmm. and consistently. Especially in the Pac-12, right. and where you got, like, Oregon, Washington State, five USC, com- yeah, Stanford. Exactly. So if you're in a Power 5 conference, you have to be consistent. So, yeah, I'm going to say top 30, maybe top 40. I'll give them 40. I'll Dang. say 40 is a decent. So they're not in the top 40. I doubt it. Yeah. They're I not in the top 50. They're not in the top 75. They're not in the top 100. Ooh. They're not in the top 120. Oh, no. They are 123 out of 130 teams in points per, per game. Seven on Saturday against Washington Huskies. 17, which defense scored seven of those. So right. 10, really. And then, of course, the 41 against Weber State, but Weber State. Which I'm actually, by the way they're playing now, so it surprises me that they actually did put up 41. Yeah. So. Surprised they didn't lose to Weber State. Yeah. They um, were down 10 nothing. Yeah. Early. Yeah. Um, yards per game. 
Also not in the top 40, top 50, not top 75, not top 100. Wow. 110 in yards per game. And, and that's including all- running the ball, which is Utah's strong suit. Yeah, this and this is out of like all 130 FBS yes. schools? Like, Yes, at, according to teamrankings.com, whatever. Wow. I probably should have the website right to give them credit. <laughs> <laughs> Team rankings. I actually have it open right now. Um, yeah, teamrankings.com slash college football. Jeez. 110 in yards per game. 81 in completion percentage. They're like barely over the 50%. Which actually surprises me that it's 81% for how many times we freaking drop that ball. They're not 81%. 81st. Oh, 81st. First. Yes, not 81%. Okay, I was like, 81%. 81%. I was like, what? I said they're barely cracking 50%. What, do you know what they're... Oh, so they're barely cracking 50%. Yes. That makes more sense. That, that's, um, yeah, that's about it. 117th in sacks allowed. So, like, obviously the top teams have, like, zero sacks allowed. Utah ranks 117. And in passer rating, 107. So, of all these categories, like, five important offensive categories, they rank in the top 100 in one of them. That's, and that's completion percentage. That's awful. Absolutely Which is, like awful. you said, shocking considering how many dropped passes this Utah receiving core has had. Other than Britton Covey, it feels like every single receiver is dropping like three balls a game. Right. And if I'm Britton Covey, I would have actually had a sit down with, uh, with Huntley. I would have been like, hey, man. I would have a sit down with the whole team and be like, guys, <laughs> well, <laughs> what I'll, else do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm returning kicks. Yeah. Well, I'm out there later, catching but, balls. I'm uh, doing wide receiver sweep throws. Yeah. Like, what else do you want me to do? Connor, Connor Haller, you can't catch a two-yard dump pass? Oh, that's so bad. That was like, what do so you want bad. me to do? What else uh, What else can I do, guys? I mean, granted, like, Huntley, like, he put some zip on that. Which, well, Huntley needs to take a little bit off the ball. This yeah, isn't, yeah, he's he not pitching. He put some pitching. zip onto that, but at the same time, he's, you got to catch the ball. Huntley like, throws the ball like a Raldis Chapman in the bottom of the night. <laughs> like, 105 miles per hour. Like, dude, <laughs> he's two yards away from right? you. Just... It, Take a deep breath. Yeah. Give it a little. Just tap it in. Right. Because I'm just thinking because like last week that was one of the problems. He wasn't doing that. He wasn't putting enough behind the ball. All these short throws were just trash. Wasn't getting there. And I think they put too much emphasis on like just hey dude, you need to throw the ball harder. Not these are this is the when you need to throw the ball harder and when not to. Because like listen, you're yeah I get it. Forty yards down the field, zip that sucker. Four yards down the field. Chill out a little. Even 40 yards down the field, you don't want to zip it. Like, get some air under yeah, it so but, your receiver can get yeah, under it. But at least, uh, yeah. Like, I don't want... Out. Dart passes should be on, like, seven-yard slant routes. Right. When you're squeezing it in between two defenders. Dart ra- dart throws are not for, let's dump it off to the tight end at the one-yard line. Right. When you're standing at the three. Like, that's not... Like, Huntley needs to chill out a little bit. I'm. It's not all on him, obviously, because the receivers are dropping passes. But, like... You're not putting your guys in good positions to succeed. And part of that's on the play calling. While, yes, they should have scored that touchdown on the dump pass to Connor Haller. Haller? However you say his name. I know him. Like, personally, I should know. I think it's Haller. Pretty sure it's Haller. Yeah. Um, Like, yeah, like, that should have been a touchdown. Connor needs to catch that pass. But also, it's fourth and one. Why are we not putting the ball in the hands of our best player and our best playmaker, which is Zach Moss, right. who was getting over five yards per carry yeah, well, and only one, got 13 That one touches. I was a little like, you know, on the fence about because you could tell 
the reason that pass was so wide open is because that's what the defense was expecting was for us yeah. to go to Moss. So I think it was a good play call because obviously our offensive line isn't what it should be. Yeah. And it's a lot harder for Zach Moss to do what he needs to do. But I just feel more comfortable saying, okay, Zach Moss, here's the ball. Get us a touchdown. Then right. I am saying, here, Connor, here's the ball. Get us a touchdown. Right. When it's against yeah. a top 10 team late in the game down by two scores. Like, I just feel more comfortable putting the ball in the hands of our playmakers. That's right. all. Oh, yeah. So, I agree. Um, we'll see. Troy Taylor, especially on the hot seat, just because Kyle Whittingham goes through offensive coordinators faster than oh, yeah. the Browns no, he go through he quarterbacks. Doesn't, he doesn't hold back. Yeah. If he thinks they need a change, trust me, he doesn't lose sleep over it. Oh, yeah. He, he does not care one bit about throwing the offensive coordinator under the bus, which part of the blame needs to go on Whittingham. Like, Whittingham came out after Northern Illinois and was like, 16 carries is not enough for Zach Moss. He needs to be getting more. Right. And they came out against Washington, and he got less. Yeah. So, um, but moving on, that's a bad look for Kyle Whittingham to say that, to come out and be like, he needs more carries, and then to not give him more carries. Yeah, instead of giving him more carries, they just taught uh, Huntley how to throw the ball harder. Yeah. That's, yeah, bad ba- look. Bad look on them. Other people had some bad looks. Oh, yes. Who else? There might be a bad look coming out of this weekend. The Seattle Seahawks had a very bad look. Very bad look. Oh, my goodness. I picked the game. Yeah, so. you did. Yeah, you did. I just, you know, I picked the Seahawks. I have to have faith in my squad, which is dwindling as we speak. Uh, but bad look. This is this is hard because <laughs> they, up, up until the fourth quarter, Hunter, guess how many total offensive yards they had up until the fourth quarter? Like 60. 66. Oh, there you go. Pretty right. close. 66. There you go. 66, right? That's what's up. They ended, which is blows my mind, ended with like almost 300. Because all in the, the fourth quarter. And the yeah, they still quarter. only scored what? One touchdown? Two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Well, one was with like five seconds left. Garbage time, yes, but two touchdowns. Yeah. Right. Well, got to count it. The, it, who's, it the, who's your rookie tight end? He like gets the ball and he like Dislo- spikes hey, it. If I'm a rookie, I'm spiking it. He dude. spikes it. And Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall is like, yo, 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 you gotta chill. <laughs> Brandon Marshall runs up to him. He's like, dude, we're down like three scores right now, <laughs> and there's we like two seconds. Hey, we only lost by a touchdown because it was fourteen. Yeah. It was fourteen twenty-four seventeen. So it wasn't. But it's like, yo, dude, we lost the game. Like, why are you out here celebrating? Right. But honestly, if it were me, like, and if. If that had happened, I totally would have celebrated. Like, come on. First touchdown? Heck yeah. I'm down. But offensive line, you know, we heard reports like, wow, this, this offensive line's definitely improved. Lies. It has gotten substantially worse. Oh, yeah. So bad. Well, he got, he's, it was some crazy stat where like since 2012, Russell Wilson's been sacked more than anybody else. Right. In the well, NFL. No, and he's the most sacked quarterback as of right now in this season. Yeah. Guess how many times he's been sacked in each game? Well, it was, what, seven in the first game, right? Six each. Six each. Okay. Six each. That's awful. Well, when you're playing Von Miller and Khalil Mack in back-to-back weeks. I don't even care. That's why I benched but Russell six, Wilson in fantasy this week. Yeah, well, but six sacks, though? In even though game, like, we If, if you're fantasy. in offensive line, you got to be like, we suck. Yeah. Like, we need to fix this. Like, And also, I, our offensive line has no toughness. There's no, there's no like bad attitude, bad guy, bad whatever you want to say. You know, the whole team has no toughness. Yeah, it's off. The only like, one is like guys, Earl Thomas, who is like a lightning bulb, and he's sitting here looking around like, where am I? I'm like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, this is awful. Like, I watched Effetti was like, Effetti, one of our one of our linemen, and he pushed, he pushed, uh, I can't remember what the name of his, this lineman on the, the Bears, whatever, but pushed, Somebody. Him, pushed him back. Big dude. Anybody. Yeah. Pushed him back, just like thought he was being all tough, and then 
And then the guy like flexed on him, right? Like jumped at him, and Effetti jumped like away from him, <laughs> like and yards I like, away. I was just like, All right, "What is that?" It's like, get in his face, do something. Don't be all a tough guy and then run away. Well, your tough guys were Richard Sherman and yep. Cam Chancellor and yep. Michael Bennett. Right. And did you see the graphic that like <laughs> Monday yeah, Night Football like, decided to put Yeah, freaking like they're all just like dis- where dis- it was the Avengers Thanos, and oh it's just like gosh. all the Seahawks defensive players, and all so of them just like crumble away was except so, for like so good. And like Bobby Wagner was hurt, so he didn't even play. Yeah. So it was like he had a couple guys hurt. Someone else was hurt. Um, KJ Wright yeah. was also hurt, which are also actually two really good linebackers. Those they were both part of the Michael Super Bowl season. Yay, dude! A Michael funny thing Kendricks. about ESPN was Michael Kendricks was playing, and they're just like, "Oh wow, like this guy's gonna be in prison in <laughs> probably three months yeah, from now." But go. wow, hell of a football player. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, that whole that whole defense. The only one that like on that defense that I was like, "Wow, they he played out okay." Was Shaquille Griffin, the cornerback, not Shaquem. Shaquem's the linebacker. He did all right in his time. He got in there. He got a few yeah. tackles. He plays well. But Shaquille had two picks. Yeah, which like back to back possessions. Ba- too. Yeah, which he did, and he played really well. That's the only. Uh, that's the, honestly to say, that's the only guy I'm excited about. Yeah. But yeah, trash. Uh, bad luck. You probably heard this story. You did because you texted me about it. I did. Vontae Davis, which I thought was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious, too, and then I started thinking about it. I'm like, what is this guy thinking? So in case you don't follow sports at all, which I don't know why you're listening to this, but if you follow sports somewhat, you know this story, that Vontae Davis, cornerback for the Buffalo Bills, at halftime, with his team down, just decides, I'm retiring. (laughs) Like, he couldn't wait out the full game. Like, he was just like, you know what? I've had quite the career. I... Physically, I just don't think I can do this anymore. But instead of w- just waiting 30 minutes, because you retire after the game, fine. You know, you retire Monday morning, fine. And you just come out and say, physically, I'm just not where I thought I was anymore right. and I can't stay up with this anymore. But to quit on your team at halftime when you're losing is pathetic. It is embarrassing. It is disrespectful. It is everything you could imagine of just a guy quitting on his team at halftime. Right. And not telling the players. Yeah. And well, who was it? Was it uh, Lorenzo Alexander? Lorenzo Lorenzo Alexander was just, he was just saying, I feel totally disrespected. Yeah. He's like, I haven't seen this in Pop Warner. I haven't seen it in high school. I haven't seen it in college. And I've certainly not seen it at the professional level. Like Like, to just quit on your team at halftime is embarrassing for Vontae Davis. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, and I get it. Like, I. In, like I understand his idea is like, listen, I just couldn't have it, dude. Finish the game, just finish BS. the game. Yeah, just finish the game, dude. Like, if you have to tell your coaches, like, look, guys, this is where I'm at right now. I am here for you guys. I'm gonna finish this game out. Yeah. If but you go to your coach and you're like, hey, physically, this, I just can't yeah. keep up with these but guys. After this, I'm done. Yeah. That would make sense, and that would I would have respect for. At yeah. least own up and be like, listen, I can't do it right here, right now. I'm hurting the team game, by being out it. there. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to be like, I'm slow. I'm physically weaker than these young guys. Right. I can't keep up with them. You would be better suited as a team for success to put in somebody else. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to retire this week, Monday. Fine. Like, put him on the bench for the second half. Let him do what he needs to do. Just chill. But to just be like, I'm out. Like, I'm done. And just leave. Like, leave the stadium at halftime is crazy. 
And I love how everyone goes then and like find, pulls up his old tweets of where he's just like, don't quit kind of stuff. Oh, I know. Like the yeah, they're just don't like, quit mentality. Yeah, it's unreal. Like, you can get anywhere in life as long as you do one simple thing, dot, 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 don't quit. Right. And it's like, dude, you just quit on a team of 90 guys. Coaches, training staff, people on the roster, uh, practice squad guys. Like they're all counting on you to be out on the field and you just quit on them. Right. I don't care. I don't like, I don't blame them. If you had to go up against Josh Allen and practice every day, you think you could still hang with the, pro- with the pros? Definitely not. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was, I don't know if you like read the article that ESPN X dropped about it, but it was really funny. They had some questions and one of my favorite ones, I'm just gonna go over one, but it just says right. like, cause they're like, it sprung out of the questions. Like, how did he leave? Like what happened? Like, yeah. did, he, did he just all in full pads, just like sprint out to his car and leave guards like what the heck's happening right now? Like a couple of yeah. people. I just was reading those questions and it cracked me up. This is hilarious. Cause they were just like, what does this even mean? Like did everyone come into the locker room and like, he's already in like his dress pants and like some penny loafers. And he's just like, I'm out. Yeah. He's throwing on a sweater. Yeah. He's buttoning up his shirt. Be like, have fun, guys. Yeah. Like, like, did, the, did the Bills do roll call at halftime and realize Vontae Davis did they all, wasn't there? They, they all run out there and he just like snuck out like a side tunnel. Yeah, like, did he, he just grab, dips did around he grab the any power raids for the road? Like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting stuff. Coming up, we are going to bring in a friend of the program, Marshall Thomas. Okay. He writes for State of the U, covers Miami football. He's going to join us. He's going to do some NFL power rankings with us, and we're going to do our college football playoff rankings. So stay tuned for that. Sweet. All right, guys. We are back. We are here with our... Picks that we're going to go over rankings, NFL, college. We got some good stuff coming your way. This weekend was phenomenal. Games were off the charts. I was I was pretty stoked. What about you, Hunter? How are you feeling? I was stoked, and I'm even more stoked to have on special guest Marshall Thomas. Marshall, how are you? What's going on, boys? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. We had to get that Miami music in for you. Yes, sir. Dude, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> so tell us a little about what you do with, you know, stateoftheu.com, covering Miami football. Give us a little plug for that. Yeah, for sure. So what I am, I uh, I cover the Hurricanes, Miami Hurricanes, for SB Nation um, for the State of the U. Been doing that since about May. I'll actually be down in Miami this weekend covering the Canes and the FIU game. So basically just, you know, doing as much as I can living in Utah, you know, pumping out some articles a week. So been fun man so this is correct me if i'm wrong but this is the first game between miami and fiu since that big brawl or have they played since yeah they have played i think they've only played one other time yeah they they played the year after the brawl back in 07 but yeah they've only played twice before so this is their first game back playing each other after a few year hiatus uh how do you foresee it going um, I think Miami, I think um, we're starting to play a little bit better after the Toledo game. I think the Canes win this one easily. I know we have a few players that are um, questionable right now with injury and everything, but I think the spread is like Miami and 26 points. So I think they win it pretty easily. Okay, last question about the Hurricanes. On a scale of 1 to losing to Ohio State in the national championship, how sad were you following the LSU game? It was right below the Ohio State loss. It was brutal, man. <laughs> we, 
I had never been this excited, at least like in my lifetime, about like an upcoming season. So that was, it was it was horrible, man. But now we know that LSU is actually a really good team, so it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, it turns out LSU actually pretty good. Their quarterback, oh, yeah. Burrow, real deal um, as far as LSU quarterbacks go. Um, but we kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about the NFL. We're going to do our power rankings, one through five, so just the top five, and then do our college football playoff rankings. So if the college football season ended today, who would be in the playoffs? Sound good? Let's do it. Perfect. So we're going to start off with number five. Alex, you want to go first? Yeah. Number five. Oh, baby. So for me, granted, I don't know how this is going to go in the future, but I'm going with the Bucks Right now, Fitzpatrick is balling. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. My, right. my apologies. Guy's playing out of his mind. Bucks are playing are unreal. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe Jameis Winston doesn't have a, have a, have a job when he comes back. So... They're my number five right now. Interesting to see if Jameis Winston returns to being the starter. I think Buccaneers management said that he was going to be the starter as soon as he returns from suspension, but when your guy <laughs> goes out and throws four touchdowns in back-to-back games, it's hard to replace him. Marshall, do you agree with Alex? Are you going to go a different direction? Who you got at number five? Um, at number five, I got the Patriots. I know they lost this past week, but um, <laughs> with Josh Gordon coming here, um, with Julian Edelman coming off suspension here a little bit, I think that loss, like, they don't play well in September or in November and October, or November and December team. I I just think the Patriots are, they don't lose many games like that. So, yeah, they're, not my, they're, not my, they're my number five. Don't forget a January and February team as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Really good every month of the very year other than Very consistent September. with that, it seems. Oh, yeah. My number five, I'm actually going to go with the team who beat uh, the Patriots, which is Jacksonville, mm. beat Tom Brady, um, without Leonard Fournette, Blake Bortles played great. That defense played great. Fun fact, I think Tom Brady is something like 0-6 when playing games when it's over 90 degrees. So I guess the trick to wow. beating Tom Brady like in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs is play it in Mexico City. Yeah, that's one thing of a stat July. you got there. Exactly, yeah. yeah, if you want to beat <laughs> Tom Brady, you play him in Mexico in the middle of August. Just get him in a dome, turn the AC way up. I mean, the, the heat Off. way up. Just yeah. turn it up. Turn the heat up. Play, let, let play in it. Miami or something like that. Oh, yeah. All right, number four. Number four. So, Marsh, who do you have coming in at number four? Number four, I got the Vikings. Um, And I know they just tied this past Sunday, but, like, I'm almost counting that as a win just because how Kirk Cousins brought the team back. I mean, they signed him basically to win in Lambeau, and I think he definitely proved that he'll put the Vikings in a position to, to do exactly that. I think their receivers are stacked. I think their defense is really, really good, and I just think... They have a kicker, you know, they're 2-0. and And so I think, yeah. um, you know, week one they proved they were really good. And week two um, at Lambeau they had a good showing. So I, I think they're really, really good. Yeah, much like Cleveland, if my if Minnesota had a kicker, both teams would be 2-0 and right now. Pretty crazy to think that, you know, a kicker could make that big of an impact on a team. Exactly. Uh, Alex, you're number four. So my number four is the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, Patrick Mahomes spreading the ball very well, getting it to anybody and everybody on his team. Guys are scoring left and right. You have anybody on the Chiefs on your fantasy team, you got 30 points. Doesn't matter who you got. Yeah. Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, doesn't matter. You're getting 30. Guys are dropping dimes all over the place. Defense is looking pretty good. I think the Chiefs right now are well-rounded, and they're going to give some teams some havoc. So I'm actually going with Kansas City as well as my number four. We talked about it a couple weeks ago in our NFL preview episode. We had some questions regarding Patrick Mahomes, not whether he was talented enough, but just the fact that we hadn't seen him play in a regular season NFL game. I think our questions surrounding him have been answered. Looks like the real deal. 
Moving on to number three. Number three. So number three, I have the team that tied Minnesota last week, the Green Bay Packers. Came back from behind against Chicago. Aaron Rodgers returned from injury. Was able to play through it last, or I guess two days ago, against Minnesota Vikings. I know they tied. However, they looked like a real deal and a contender in the NFC. Marshall, do you agree? Going to go somewhere else? Who you got at your number three? Number three, I have the Jaguars. Um, the what they were able to do to the Patriots without Leonard Fournette and without really, you know, TJ Elding didn't really do that much, but Bortles threw for almost like 400 yards. So yeah, Bortles looked I great. really like the Jaguars. I really like their defense. Um, I, I just really, once Leonard Fournette gets back, I think they'll have no problem, you know, breezing through the regular season. I'm not a huge Bortles fan, um, but he really, really, um, he, he balled out on Sunday, man. So do you, real quick question, do you think that this game against New England shows that ja- the Jaguars are a Super Bowl contender coming out of the AFC, or do you think it was kind of like, you know, the classic early on Patriots don't look quite like themselves early in the season? I think it's a little bit more of an early season thing. Um, I, I just don't see Blake Bortles leading his team through New England in the playoffs or any other teams for that matter, honestly. I I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I think this was more very impressed by the Jaguars, but more so I think it's just an early season, kind of an upset. Yeah. Alex wrote the Jaguars off a week ago. Are they going to make a debut in his top five list? Alex, who's your number three? They do. They are on my number three, actually. A week after writing them off. A week after writing them <laughs> off, but you know what? They, what they came in did to, did to Tom Brady. Blake Bortles did play really well. Um, again, I, I just think... I guess going off you guys said, definitely an early game, but I don't know. We'll see if Leonard Fournette, when he gets back, if they can still maintain this high status at number three in my list. But, you know, who knows? Maybe next week they're on my 32. I don't know. I just want to f- formally apologize for saying that the Tennessee Titans defense was comparable to the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Thank That's you. on me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I, I, I was looking that. at names only and not really the on-field product, but that's on me. <laughs> number two. Alex, you're number two. So my number two is the Minnesota Vikings. The, that defense does play phenomenal. Granted, the, they did tie with the Packers, but I just can't see that being, like, I don't know. I can't see that tie just knocking them down that far because they are still one of my favorites in the running for the NFC, and they're just too good. The defense is unreal. Um, Case Keenum's been playing really well. Uh I just, yeah, I just don't, even if it was a tie, even if it was a tie with the Packers, that's okay. I just think they, they still maintain that, that top two spot. Marshall, your number two. I am going with the Chiefs as my number two. Um, I absolutely love the Chiefs. I love Andy Reid. I love, I love Patrick Mahomes. And they, and their, their quality of wins week one at San Diego, then at, uh, or at LA, and then at Pittsburgh is just, that's really impressive. Mahomes has, 69 uh, completion percentage, which is crazy. 10 TDs, no interceptions. Their defense is not that great, but honestly, their offense will it'll it'll make up for the defense. They just have so many weapons, and right now it just looks like they, their offense is unstoppable. So my number two is actually going to be the Minnesota Vikings. I think you know they showed it in Week One with a dominant performance against the San Francisco 49ers. Their defense is one of, if not the best defense in all of the NFL. Um, I think Cousins is a huge step up from where they were last week against Case Keenum. We've seen Case Keenum struggle uh, week one against Seattle in particular, um, but not 
nearly the Case Keenum we saw last season with weapons like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Uh, return of Dalvin Cook. I know they tied against Green Bay. I mean, you can't really put a loss on one particular player, but if you ever could, it would be Sunday, Minnesota at Green Bay. Their kicker, I miss, think, missed like three field goals. Um, but to go into Green Bay and win is a challenge. To go in there and tie is a challenge as well. I, mean, I think everything I've seen from the Vikings shows that they have taken a step forward from last season in the NFC Championship game, and I think that they could reach the Super Bowl this year. Our number one teams in the NFL Power Rankings. Number one. Marshall, you want to start us off with number one? Yep. I hope we all have the same one. I have the L.A. Rams as my number one. I think they you do have good. the same one. Yeah, Everyone think, has the same one. Yeah. I think we can all agree. They, they just they just look awesome. I love the way they're able to come back against Oakland and they just dominate Arizona. You know, they're averaging 33 points a game. They scored 34 on Sunday and Todd Gurley didn't even have 50 yards. It just shows, like, how deep they are. Their defense is awesome. Their new guys on defense, Sam Shields, um, you know, all those guys, they look great. So I, I love um, their offense. I love their defense. I just think their roster is stacked. So right now I don't, I don't see a close number two. Yeah, I've th- been thinking lately. I'm tr- having a hard time coming up with a team in recent years, you know, in the last five to ten years that is probably as talented from top to bottom as this L.A. Rams team. Uh, you got Jared Goff, obviously Todd Gurley, but then you got guys like Robert Woods, uh, Cooper Cup, who are making plays who you, you you know don't normally think as big time playmakers in the NFL. Is this one of the more talented teams you've seen in recent years, the L.A. Rams? Um, as far as the NF in the NFL, they're they're definitely one of the most well put together on both sides of the of the ball, offense and defense. I think Sean McVay is doing an incredible job, and just their you know their uh, free agent signings. Um, and, and trades on defense really, really um, have helped them become more of a, you know, a unified and, and more even kind of a team. So transitioning over from the NFL to college football, if the season ended today, we want to give you our power rankings of the playoffs um, and kind of where we see it seated one through four. Coming at number four, I have the Georgia Bulldogs. I think, you know, Playing in the SEC, obviously, if you're able to blow out teams like they were able to blow out South Carolina on the road, obviously very talented from top to bottom. The only thing standing in their way is that SEC championship game against Alabama. I think I'm at a position right now where I feel like we're going to see a repeat of last year where we have two SEC teams, both Alabama and Georgia, coming in at number one and number four. Marshall, what do you think? Um, Love Georgia. And I love them more than you. At number four, I have Clemson. Um, I, I, uh, I, I just, I obviously they're incredibly talented, and I honestly think they'll end the regular season undefeated just because they don't really play anyone. But right now, I don't like the dual quarterback situation with Lawrence and Bryant. I need to see more of their offense, um, and that almost lost to A and M. Really kind of raised some eyebrows, I think, because um, you know last year they were able to go on the road at places like Virginia Tech and just, you know route the Hokies, and then, you know, they struggled against the Aggies. So I don't think, um, obviously, their defensive line, their front seven is amazing. But right now, Clemson's number four for me. Alex, who do you have coming at number four? Yeah, so you actually have Clemson rolling at number four as well. That's kind of a little bit of different what I've been going with. I've kind of kept them at the consensus number two spot. But have them back and down just because of the same thing. Like, the strength of schedule really isn't going to be that great. And 
you know, yeah, they will probably be undefeated, but I just think off of that, you're going to have to kind of knock them down just a little bit. Yeah, I normally had Clemson coming in at number two, but this week I have him coming in at number three just because I feel like there's something left to be desired when you watch this Clemson team. I know they got a tough road win at A&M, who was a top 25 team, but when you watch them play these FCS schools, these schools where they should be blowing them out like 80 to nothing, I feel like they've haven't really quite been themselves. They've been struggling in different areas. Obviously, Marshall, you mentioned it. Their front seven, probably every single one of them is NFL talent. Um, but I just feel like they've been playing to the level of their competition, which doesn't bode well You know, when you're going into the playoffs or when you're playing tougher teams. Uh, who do you have coming in at your number three, Alex? So my number three is uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I think, is still really well, just doing really good. Kyler Murray, dude is unreal that guy top of the heisman charts right now playing out of his mind he's the real deal and i think he's going to take these the sooners all the way through and i don't see them having any struggles marshall you're number three i got the ohio state buckeyes all Uh, right especially especially with urban meyer coming back this week man i love dwayne haskins he is unreal you know they've scored 50 points twice already you know tcu gave him a little bit of scare and their defense needs a little adjusting but they are really really good i i mean they play at penn state in a few weeks so that's going to be very interesting but i i love the buckeyes offense and i and with urban coming back i just think it's they're just going to be even better so i'm going to go in a similar direction to you with ohio state but they're coming in at number two for me as i sit here in my ohio state hoodie um i said it a couple weeks ago i've maintained it this entire time i think Dwayne haskins has the potential to be the best ohio state quarterback since troy smith beating out guys like JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, Braxton Miller, um, Terrell Pryor. I think he has the potential to be better than every single one of those guys. And so far this season, he's shown it. I mean, he's rocketed up the Heisman standings. I think he's the favorite, like third favorite to win the Heisman this year. Um, Their offense has seemed phenomenal with Dobbins coming in. Um, You obviously still have Mike Weber. I think their defense has been phenomenal. The only question I have is the potential injury with Nick Bosa. If he can only, you know, be out one week, but if he starts, you know, missing two, three, four games, then I think that doesn't bode well for the Ohio State defense. However, everything I've seen from them, they look like the real deal. Alex, you're number two. So my number two is also Ohio State. I have them coming in. Haskins is looking great. Um, and like like said, Urban Meyer coming back. Like, that... No matter what's happened in the past, like he is a phenomenal coach, and he does know how to get dubs. So I just, I think they're going to be rolling in hot. Marsh, you are, had Ohio State at three. So who comes in at number two for you? Number two, I got the Georgia Bulldogs. I love, love Georgia. Their offense is stacked. You know, they're rushing the ball for over two hundred seventy yards a game. I think their win at South Carolina was really, really impressive. It's a, it's a win that. Um, that Clemson or Oklahoma doesn't have yet. You know, a really strong win. Um, I mean, their defense has given up less than 260 a game. I know they have to go to LSU in a few weeks. That's going to be really good. But, you know, Georgia is, I think, um, I think they'll meet Alabama in the SEC championship game again. Both teams undefeated, in my opinion. Um, I think that loss last year to Bama really motivated them. And so um, Georgia just looks awesome. So I'm going to guess you don't have Florida State coming in at number one. Is that correct? I have them at last place in all of 130? <laughs> exactly. So like who, do, who do you have coming at number one then? 
I got Bama, and I don't think you can really argue against them. They look absolutely unstoppable. This is the best offense that Nick Saban has ever, ever had. Tua hasn't thrown an interception. He's completing 72% of his balls. Like, their top two running backs combined are averaging over seven yards, a carry combined. Like, they just went to Ole Miss and won 62-7. to Like, normally Alabama's known as a defensive team, but really their offense, like, they're averaging 56 points a game, and you just don't hear that from a Nick Saban team. And so I, I think with, I think this is honestly Nick Saban's best team ever he's ever had at Alabama, which is really saying something. So I don't think it's really close. Well, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I also have Alabama coming in at number one, and I'm assuming so does Alex. Yes, sir. So, I mean, clean sweep in both the number one categories, both in the NFL and in college football. The Rams and Alabama, top two teams in their respected uh, levels of competition. Who's your favorite right now to win the Heisman? Um, that's tough, man. I really, I, I can't get over Dwayne Haskins, man. I, I just love what he's been able to do, um, just the way he controls. And I, I completely agree with you said, I think he's the best Buckeye quarterback since Troy Smith, who also won the Heisman that year. So I think, um, right now I have, I have Haskins. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for hopping on the show, giving us your power rankings. Here's to hoping that the Yankees can make it past the wild card division. Let's do it, man. I'm watching it right now. Whenever you guys, uh, whenever you guys want, I'm down to come on with y'all. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, boys. Have a See ya. Welcome back to the Sports Take Podcast. We want to give a special thanks to Marshall Thomas for coming out and joining us via phone. Um, if you haven't, you know, read any of his stuff before, go get, give it a read. He does a phenomenal job covering the Miami Hurricanes at stateoftheu.com. Uh, go check him out, read his stuff. One of the up and coming sports writers here in the Utah area, Salt Lake preceded me at my time here at ESPN, um, was over at ESPN 700 interning before I was everyone out here has nothing but great things to say about Marshall. So thanks to him for joining us. We kind of want to talk about uh, two different storylines, non-game storylines. We've talked about you know, the BYU-Wisconsin game. We've talked about the Utah-Washington game, gave our power rankings for NFL and NCAA football. But we, we want to cover a couple of the stories going on outside of the game. And no, we're not going to talk Urban Meyer because we just want to talk about sports. So my storyline of the weekend, non-game related, was obviously, you know, got to give it up to my New England Patriots for acquiring Josh Gordon. Gave up only a fifth-round draft pick. Alex, do you think that was too much, too little? I mean, what was your reaction when you saw Patriots get Josh Gordon? One of the more talented receivers in the NFL obviously has his off-the-field struggles um, with alcohol, marijuana, stuff like that. But giving up a fifth-round pick for Josh Gordon, what did you think of that? So I don't think that was too much to give. I mean, I honestly, I think that's kind of about where it, it should be. I think that's a very fair trade. Yeah. Um, granted, for the Browns, I think for them it was a good thing to get rid of him because I just don't think it was meshing at all. I think that's why. Yeah. I think that's probably why Gordon was being the way he was. He wasn't happy there. Was looking for outlets, however you want to put it. I think he's going to be much better off with the Patriots, Bill Belichick. With Tom Brady as the quarterback, I think he's going to be a lot better. And if he can keep those off the field issues, like, you know, to a minimum, just whatever, he could be definitely one of the top 10 wide receivers in, in the league for yeah. sure. Well, the Patriots have a history of taking on troubled wide receivers, you know, and helping them with their off the field issues. They obviously took in Randy Moss in yeah. that 
worked out very, very well for New England. Um, also, Michael Floyd, a couple of years back, didn't obviously see the Randy Moss-type production, but he was a fine target for the Patriots. Obviously, Michael Floyd is not the caliber of receiver that Randy Moss was no, and is not the caliber not. of receiver as Josh Gordon, what he is. Do you think that we'll see? Obviously, the fifth-round pick is conditional. If Josh Gordon appears in more in 10 games or more than New England sends the pick over, do you think he does appear in 10 games or more this season for the Patriots? I think he does. You know, I think I, you know, I'm just kind of, I try to look at the, the good in people, right? And I think he's going to buckle down. I think he'll finish the season out. I think he'll, you know, step it up and do what he needs to do to finish it out for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm hoping that he can last more than 10 games. Right. It, it's been hard for him the last few years. He's already missed one game this season with a hamstring injury, which New England looked over and said he's good to play this week. So do you think we'll see Josh Gordon on the field this week? I think so. I don't know if it's going to be like a, he's not going to be a starting guy, I don't think, but he's definitely going to be in that rotation for sure. Do you, what? How does this affect New England's expectations going forward? Do you think this solidifies them as the favorite in the AFC? When they were kind of slipping, you know, Jacksonville was making progress. Kansas City was looking really good. New England lost on the road to the Jaguars. What do you think this does for New England standing in the AFC? So, you know, I don't. I definitely don't think it hurts their standing. You know, for me, to ha- to, how to gauge the Patriots on how they're going to do, it's, you know, just how well Tom Brady plays. Because obviously Josh Gordon's not going to be very good if Tom Brady's not playing very good. Yeah. So it's kind of like all depends on how Tom Brady but plays, I mean, which you can Tom expect. Tom Brady's going to play good. <laughs> right, you can expect him to usually play good. And at yeah. that point, it falls on to the Patriots defense, which I think is better than that has been recently. Uh, so we'll see. I, you know, I still think it's the Patriots, and you can't count them out for the Super Bowl running ever until Tom Brady is laid six feet under the ground. Yeah, that is how I feel. So, cool, perfect. Well, that's my off the field storyline going on in sports right now. What do you have for us? So, I don't know if you guys heard UCLA zero and three for the first time since 1971. Lost well, at home to yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, on the road to Oklahoma, which everyone expected, and then to Fresno State as yeah. well. Thirty-eight to fourteen. Also, yeah. it was kind of a beatdown. And uh, Michael Robinson, the dad of the uh, freshman quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson, had a few things to say on Twitter, uh, saying that Kelly uh, is a million-dollar coach who bears no responsibility for the team's zero and three start. Kelly says, "You know, I have no response, but." You know, if you're thinking about it as the outside guy, Hunter, how how do you react to a dad taking to Twitter, you know, criticizing a coach, but, you know, with for that and not, you know, taking responsibility? Well, I think Chip Kelly's response was, you know, kind of what you expect from a coach. We saw a similar thing with, you know, at BYU, Bo Hodge, his dad, Merrill Hodge, NFL running back, former ESPN guy, coming out and criticizing the coaches um, when Bo moved from quarterback to running back. And I think it's best when, you know, the coach acknowledges like, hey, like everyone can have their opinion, but then handles it internally with the player themselves, right? which is what we saw at BYU. We saw, you know, Bo Hodge and Kalani Sataki, Ed Lamb, and Jeff Grimes talk about it with, you know, within the program. They didn't go on radio shows to talk about it. They didn't go talk about the dad to the media. They just handled it internally, which is what I think Chip Kelly would need to do in a situation like this. I don't think the points that the kid's dad had were valid either. I think oh, that yeah, I Chip that, Kelly yeah. just doesn't have a very talented UCLA team this year. Obviously, you're starting a 18-, 19-year-old freshman quarterback when you weren't expecting to. You were expecting Wilson Spate, the transfer from Michigan, to start for you, um, who also doesn't fit Chip Kelly's offense. Right. So Chip Kelly's running an offense 
with a quarterback who doesn't fit his offense. He goes down due to injury. Now you're having to start a 19-year-old kid. Um, UCLA is going to struggle this year. Or did they think that they were going to start 0-3? Probably not because from here on out, I don't think there's another win on the schedule for UCLA. I think that we could legitimately be looking at a winless season for the Bruins. But that's not going to last. It's Chip Kelly. He wins in college. He had a slow start at Oregon as well. Eventually, they were in the national championship game in part due to what the players he recruited were doing. I think that was Mark Helfrich who was coaching when Oregon made it to the national championship. Sounds about right. However, it was Chip Kelly's system. It was Chip Kelly's players who got them there. Right. Marcus Mariota was a Chip Kelly player. Yeah. So sure. once Chip Kelly has some time to get his players into you know, the system, into UCLA, then I think we see UCLA take a very big jump. And I said it a few weeks ago. I'll say it again. I think UCLA wins the Pac-12 conference in the next five years. That's fair. So with this season, I mean, I've, we've seen you know dads that try to take over in media and just make a big deal about their kids and kind of take over like we see it with you know the ball family right yeah and that does i don't think that's done very well well and i mean it's and if i'm just over time too though is if like for this season like do you think that's going to take effect on you know the young quarterback like do you think that's going to have something that you think it's going to affect his play now that you know his if something goes wrong his dad's taking to twitter and is going to attack his coach like i don't think think it has an effect on this season just because i don't think they're going to be good this season regardless Okay. You know, I think whether or not the dad took to Twitter to criticize Chip Kelly, they weren't going to win many games at right. even one, maybe. Um, however, in the development of the quarterback, there's something to be said, you know, could this have an effect on him moving forward? You know, is his dad going to get in his ear and is this kid going to eventually transfer to another school? Is he going to criticize the coach so much that then the coach decides, you know what, you're not worth the trouble, we're not even going to start you, Right. which then leads to further problems. The kid would probably transfer anyway. Um, right. You know, that's left to be seen. I don't know the ki- player themselves, you know, what kind of person or what kind of player they are. Um, I don't know the character of this said freshman quarterback. Um, I'd like to hope that he can, you know, kind of do what Bo Hodge did and just kind of brush it to the side and being like, yeah, my dad has opinions on things. Um, I can communicate with him better about kind of what my thoughts are on the matter and, you know, move forward, you know, put it behind you, move forward, continue to develop, continue to play. Um, that's left to be seen. However, with the situation with this UCLA quarterback. Yeah, there you go. Well, hashtag keep the parents off the Twitter feed and Keep moving forward, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got some more segments coming up for you guys. We have top three. Me and Ta- uh, I was about to call you Tabo. It's okay, dude. Sorry, you're sitting in Tabo's normal seat. Me and Alex are going to talk about the top three college football traditions we would like to see in person. Also give you our game picks and the introduction of a new segment, Sound the Alarm. So stay tuned for that. We are here with our top three. All right, we're going to go over our top three of the best college football traditions. You know, if you want to get out, go experience something, well, we're going to give you the best of the best, what you should do. 
Yeah, if you're a college football fan and you have a bucket list and you say, you know what, I just want to go out and experience the best traditions college football has to offer, we've got you covered because we're going to list our top threes snake draft style. Alex, why don't you go first? Snake draft, huh? So for my so my first overall pick, huh? Oh yeah. Oh wow. That's how we normally do these things. Okay, that's hard now because you got me on the spot because this is I was kind of jumping to the fence here. For me, if we're thinking of college football traditions, like what has been around a long time and what do you not really get to see everywhere else? Ohio State's script band. You know what I'm talking about? Dotting the I. Dotting the I there. Yeah. But that band and you just it. I've always wanted to see that in person. I've seen it in person. How is it? It's great. Yeah. It's very okay. cool. There you go. See, yeah. I, and I think that's my number one. And I honestly agree. I think I most people would agree with me that that could be probably on their number one. Oh, yeah. It's like, we got to see this. That definitely should be at the top of everybody's list. Yeah. And then it doesn't hurt that Ohio State's really good. So it's like, okay, we got to watch a really cool football game after oh, yeah. that. <laughs> but you got to watch it at the shoe, you know, because that's right. part of the experience. Oh, 100%. They could, you know, this quote unquote neutral game against TCU. I don't know if they did it or not. You know, at a game like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, they but you got to go to the shoe in Columbus. What you got to go to the pregame show in the Ohio State basketball stadium where the band comes in and performs, and then the coaches, you know, Urban Meyer comes in and speaks to the team, stuff like that. And then you got to walk on over to, to the stadium, get in there early, go check it out, and then go watch the band. Dot the eye, phenomenal experience. So, my number one, however, is I'm going to travel a little bit further east to a school that beat Ohio State, I think, just three years ago. I played this to intro for a reason. Okay. Because my number one thing that I want to see live in college football is the Enter Sandman by Virginia Tech. Okay. When that whole stadium's rocking. I mean, how often do you get a college football stadium that is registering earthquakes because the fans are going so crazy? Right. Virginia Tech does that. They touch the rock or whatever as they come out of the tunnel. The team does. Yep. This song's playing. The whole entire student section is going crazy. Everybody's going crazy. Stadium's huge. Would be phenomenal. Just get this going a little bit. You know, that's going to be my number one thing that I want to see in person. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I can't blame you on that one. Yeah. That that. That would give me goosebumps. Oh, yeah. I'm all about loud stadiums. I'm all about it. Like at the Utah game when the, the Jets came flying over after the National Anthem, that that gives me goosebumps every time because it's just so loud. Awesome. And it gets me so stoked. Oh, yeah. So great. Awesome. You're number two. My number two. Because there's only two of us. So we'll just kind of go back and forth. Yeah, know? that's fine. Uh, so for me, number two, I'm actually sticking with kind of like, I mean, this is kind of a bias here, but Oklahoma games, they have the Sooner Schooner is how they, well, I think they have they pronounce the it. The little wagon guy. Yeah, the little wagon cooking out on the horses. Stadium gets lit when that's going oh, down, yeah. and it gets so exciting. I mean, it's like you know the Utes have their swoop motorcycle. on a motorcycle, but like this is traditional. This, and this is horses drawing a carriage, right? It's like this. What gets more traditional than that? That's that's come on. It's a freaking it's a love it covered wagon for heck's oh, yeah. sake. That in Colorado's where the buffalo leads them oh, out, yeah. pretty cool. Now, Auburn that, has. I'd be the, terrified, by the way, to be those dudes running with that thing. Because oh, what yeah. if it just went buck wild and you're just done? Well, he runs I'm you sure over. it's trained. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Auburn's with the eagle flying around the yeah. stadium's cool as well. Yeah. There's a lot of cool like animal introductions yeah. in college football. For sure. My number two, I if you case you couldn't tell, I'm all about like the team coming out. Yeah. So which is why my number two is going to be. Ooh. Ooh. 
Florida State. The war chant yep. with the entire stadium, you know, doing their little arm chops. Oh. So good. So good. Would be so great to see this. Yeah, with Chief Askiloa coming out. Askiola. Love it. Yeah. I would love nothing more than to be in yep. Doak Walker Campbell Stadium. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. That was Chopping my number three, my too. So it's like, I gotta, well, change, now it you gotta find something I gotta change it up. But that was my number three because, yeah, I'm all about that getting loud. But you know what? If, if you're going to make me jump around here, I'm going to go 12th man. Texas A&M. They're known as the 12th man, obviously, for getting loud and being in a, another presence in the football game. That's what they're known for. I'm all about 12th man stuff. You know, Seattle Seahawks, they've got their own 12th man. That stadium is unreal. And I've been to that one. So if the, if the Aggies can, you know, somehow keep up with that and compete, then you know what? That that would be something to see. Oh, yeah. See, when you said jump around, Uh-oh. my mind went to what mine was going to be when I think of best college football traditions. This one happened just a couple of days ago. Unfortunately, they didn't. Well, fortunately, they didn't win. But... Let's see if I can get it here real quick. These, these videos, their introductions are so long. It's okay. I'm all about it. Still not. They're doing some sort of race here. Heck yeah, dude. That's okay, Good though. Good thing I'm fast-forwarding. Ooh. Okay, this is really bad quality. <laughs> but let's see if I can find something different. I've got to do it because... How can you not? So they're doing their little racing. In case you couldn't tell, it's the jump around from Wisconsin. Start of the fourth quarter, I think. Just would be so much fun to be in that student section, going crazy, pushing people around. Oh, you yeah. know, I'm all about just getting hyped in the crowd. Oh, yeah. That's the best kind of tradition you can do. I, Clemson's is awesome. But it's just nothing that would get me like super hyped where they're playing music. You know, all three of these have some sort of chant or music going on for me. That's what gets me hyped the most. I agree. So I can't had to go Wisconsin there. When you said I got, if you're going to make me jump around, I was like, he's going to go jump around. But he didn't. So thanks for that. It's all good. Thanks for letting me have my three favorites. You're welcome. You're so welcome. You, you snagged mine, but it's okay. Appreciate I'll, I'll it. deal with it. I can, hop what can on you over. Do? I can hop on over it. All right, great. Moving on, debut of a very new segment. Yeah, I'm excited. We've got Sound the Alarm, where we are going to... I'm going to give Alex a topic. This was supposed to be two people. So I was going to give Alex and Tabo a topic. Tabo didn't show up. Um, <laughs> of something, if they're going to hit the panic button, essentially is what it is. I'm going to give them a coach, player, a team... I'm going to ask him, you know, is it time to hit the panic button on this team or this player or this coach? Um, I'm trying to find if I have some sort of like alarm sound on my board here. I'm not finding one. What can you do? Oh, effects maybe. A. Perhaps. This is really bad. But I love, oh, yep, there's one. Okay. I don't know if it's good or not, but we're going to use it. Okay. Alex, your first topic. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you hitting the panic button on the Steelers? Yes. That's the alarm sound. I need to find a better alarm sound. Yeah, it's okay. 
It's okay. Go for it. Either way. But yes, I definitely hit the panic button like we talked about earlier. Your top two players want out. Your best two. That's I bad. Should say, I should say best two. And your, your third entry. best is terrible. Yeah. Your, your best two in your entire team. I'd be scared. Mike Tomlin does. Mike, well, at least Mike Tomlin knows, you know, where uh, Le'Veon Bell is. They just, because they are expecting him to be gone. But then all of a sudden Monday comes around. Oh, well, yeah. Antonio Brown wasn't here. You know where he is? That's a good question. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. Great. That's your fantastic. quarterback is playing terrible. Your running back is holding out. Yeah. And you're probably, you're probably your best. I'd say Antonio Brown is their best player. Yeah. No, Other I, than Le'Veon I, Bell. Yeah. No, well, he gets, yeah, more production. Just, it's just didn't how it is. show up. Yep. And your defense is terrible. And it's just a mess in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's not good. You so can't panic, beat the Browns. Panic. Be yeah. scared. Panic if you're the Steelers. My second one, Jameis Winston. Oh, Three yeah. Three-game suspension. Oh, goodness. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's better. Yeah, that's better. That's terrifying. That's, see, that's terrifying. If I heard that, I'm running. So, yeah. Jameis Winston, I hope you can hear this. Hear it. Get out. Because, dude, you're not going to be starting when you come back. Fitz Magic is alive and well. He's thrown for four touchdowns in his first two games and over 400 yards. That's the first quarterback in NFL history to do that. By the way, and he's looking good while doing it. Very good. Not like good on the field, but yeah, good but off like the field. Like looking good. Did you see his little beard his, touch he did with his offensive lineman? Well, did you see his like sunglasses yeah, and his unbuttoned yeah, yeah, shirt? Yeah, just on Jackson's yeah. like layout, and he's like, "Is there anything he's else that is yours?" James, he's like, yeah, he's taking Jameis Winston's swagger right out from underneath. Yeah, him. so you know what? And the jacket and the glasses watch. aren't mine. Chest hair is mine, and that is not going anywhere. Yeah. So it's fantastic. Matt Patricia. Ooh, you know what? That's actually kind of a hard one. I would say yes. Because Matt, oh yeah, get it, get it going. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. Uh, Stafford's too unpredictable. He's not. He's too inconsistent. You know, first game, how many picks did that guy have against the Jets? Like five. Awful. Yeah. Okay, and then the next game, he actually played okay. Not bad. Not too it, shabby. It's too inconsistent. However, for me. who do they lose to? The Niners. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. So it's just like I, I would. Well, their I'm defense gonna, has been terrible. Yeah. And which is. Patricia's known for if well, for defense known for bad defenses, yes, because the Patriots defense last year Patriots, was terrible. So, so the offense just kind of you know, yeah, kept very them, very kept them bad. Float. But yeah, definitely panic. All right, next one, Sam Bradford. <laughs> now that one's actually good. I don't know. I don't know if you panic if you Sam Bradford because you know Josh Rosen. If you were going to panic if you were Sam Bradford, it would have been a long time exactly. ago. Exactly, because That's what I'm you're making say. a living off of just being a, a crappy back, quarterback. Yeah, and you're just a, you're you're known as a backup quarterback that comes in when. Someone Crap gets hurt or like, someone's not ready to play. Yeah, yeah, that's just how it goes. Like he knew he wasn't going to keep his starting spot. Like we know once yeah. Josh Rosen's good to go, he's taking it. That's oh, just how absolutely. It, that's how it is. So no, I don't think you panic. I think that's already happened. So I think he's just riding riding the ride and he's just here for it. All right. Uh Clay Helton, head coach of USC. Back to back losses. Stanford. Yeah, and the one, and and the one Texas. to Texas was a little brutal. A little yeah. brutal. 34 unanswered points. Yeah. 34. Because, yeah, 34 unanswered points. What a, was it? Like 37 14 was the final score? Yeah, 37 14. So 34 answered points because at the very end of the first quarter, it was 14 3. Yeah. And they didn't score after that for USC. And te- Texas just went off. Yeah, JT Daniels. Yep. Freshman Elling, quarterback. Elling, yeah. Ellinger had, he threw for two, and I think he ran for one. And then Texas Vince blo- Young action. Yeah, then Texas blo- blocked a punt, took that back for a t- blocked a field goal, took that back for a touchdown. Man, I love so, classic yes? panic, dude. <laughs> you just got slapped. Oh yeah, I like it. Um, our next one is the Big Ten Conference in general. So you're 
couple of your favorites went down early with Michigan and Wisconsin. Ohio State's looking good, but they play Penn State. So two of your undefeated teams remaining, one of them is going down. Michigan State lost on the road to Arizona State. Michigan lost on the road to Notre Dame. And Wisconsin lost at home to BYU. So if you're the Big Ten Conference and you have those playoff hopes, are you panicking or not? I don't think you're panicking, panicking quite yet. It's still a little early, but I think your hand is definitely hovering. You're yeah. hovering. You're over it. You thought about it when, as soon as Wisconsin went down, and then you thought, wait a second, we still have Penn State and Ohio State. Exactly. And you know what I think it might happen is, I don't know if you've ever seen that clip with Will I Am on the like the voice from Great Britain, whatever, oh. who's hovering above that and he accidentally hits it. That's kind of where we're at right now. You're kind of rubbing that button. Yeah. That and Rutgers we, loss to Kansas might have been like the, you were so <laughs> surprised that you kind of jolted a little like, bit ah. and you hit the button. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh no. Yeah, see, I think you're kind of hovering. All right, here's a big one for you. Kyle Whittingham. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> that, that's actually tough. You know, with the way, because if we're looking in an aspect of at least trying to get to the Pac-12 championship, I, yeah. you can't necessarily panic just yet because USC. It's still there. Yeah, because the USC is not, you know, uh, is not really USC. Arizona State, or do we know if they're good or not? Arizona's bad. Arizona's bad. Yeah, Arizona's bad. UCLA Arizona is bad. Been, been, like, Arizona State's honestly, Arizona and USC, the two I'm worried about. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Luckily for Utah, all the good teams are in the north. Because Oregon, oh, yeah. Stanford, yeah. Washington, Thank goodness. Like, listen, Cal. if we can make it to the Pac-12 championship game, that, that will be a success for me. Because we oh, yeah. haven't done that yet. I don't care if we lose because we will lose if we're playing a Stanford, a so Washington, don't panic or just yet. Don't panic just yet. Panic once you get to the Pac-12 championship game because you're going to lose. All right. There it is. That's the debut there of Sound the Alarm. I like it. Some panic button action for us. Real oh, yeah. quick before we call it quits, we have our game picks. Devin actually sent me his game picks, so cool. I will Sweet. tell you those as we go about. First off, TCU coming off a loss to Ohio State. Taking on the Longhorns, who just came off a big victory over USC. Who you got? See, for me, I actually took TCU in this one. Uh, TCU, it was a hard-fought game against Ohio State. I mean, it was yeah. back and forth for it most of the good. game. Back and forth for most of the game. Second half, uh, Ohio State just did what Ohio State does. Like It's hard to keep them contained and played really well. And Texas played a, a USC team that is not really a USC team at the moment and yeah. just balled out. I think it could still be a really close game, and you never know what could happen with this. But I didn't take in TCU over Texas. So Devin also went TCU. I am actually going to go Texas okay. here because, you know, I went with kind of the more upset pick this last week with Syracuse over FSU and everyone took FSU. Worked out well for me. So I'm going to go again kind of with my heart over my head here. I'm going to go with Texas just because TCU is coming off a letdown loss to the Buckeyes. You have Texas who, you know, I think this USC win really boosts their confidence. I think they're starting to feel themselves a little bit more. So I think Texas is going to come out here and show that, you know, that USC win, not a fluke. And that Maryland loss, you know, was them still trying to get their feet under them. Um, Devin also went TCU, like I said. Next one, Stanford and Oregon. Probably a matchup of possibly the two best teams in the Pac-12 North. Washington, you could make a case for, but Oregon has been very impressive. Stanford has been very impressive. Who are you going with here? I'm going with Stanford. You know, I okay. Stanford, Stanford's been good to me. Last time I picked them over USC, you guys actually you were picked the only USC, one. and Stanford definitely pulled it off. Yeah, I think Stanford's going to pull this one up. It's going to be a close game. It always is. I think between these guys, you know, Pac-12 North, 
always balling out. And it's in Oregon, I think, right? Isn't it in Oregon? Fairly sure. Yeah. Which Not is going to be hard. That's good. 100%. But either way, Austin Stadium. Yeah. Like if it's in Oregon, that's going to be a very tough challenge for Stanford, but I still think they pull it off. Uh, yeah, I'm taking this Stanford. Is, this is great because it brings me back to the days of like the 2011, 2012, 2013, when Stanford and Oregon were Stanford and Oregon. You yeah. know, where you had Michael James going yeah. head up against Andrew Luck. Right. Um, those were fun games. Oh, Very yeah, fun fantastic. games. Those were the games you would stay yeah. up till like eight o'clock to watch. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, Mom, listen, like, I, I don't want to go to bed yet. What? Come on, it's school night. No, 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 listen. It's midnight. The second half just started. You don't understand. <laughs> it's Stanford, Oregon. Like, what? They just. Stop. <laughs> mom, the second half is just starting. It's right. 1.30 in the morning. Like, come on. <laughs> like, don't um, be ridiculous, Mom. <laughs> I picked against Stanford when they played USC. I'm not going to make that same mistake yeah, again. I'm going like to go Stanford hear. here. That's what I like to hear. Um, Devin, however, is going with the Ducks. See, that's okay. So, um, next one, Florida and Tennessee. A couple of rivals in the SEC. Where are you going? You know what? This one's hard. This one was actually kind of a difficult one for me to pick. But I'm going Florida. I'm going Florida on this one. Okay. I think Florida, I just you know what? Gators, I think, have been decent. Good, not great. Yeah. The Kentucky loss. Yeah, so it's sets like them back. Ah, but you know, and Tennessee hasn't been like not impressed by Tennessee. So like so they're both kind of in that zone where it's like, ah. So yeah. you know, I'm gonna take the best of the both as and I'm going with Florida. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I just trust Florida to get it done more exactly. so than I trust Tennessee. Yep. Which is why I'm going Florida, as does Devin. So clean sweep there with the Gators. Yeah. Uh, next one, our NFL pick of the week, Saints and Falcons. Yeah, you know what? This one was actually kind of hard. This one was hard for me. Falcons haven't... Haven't been overly impressed. They beat Carolina Ryan, this yeah, last week. Matt Ryan played a lot better this past week than he did week one. But if you think the Falcons haven't been impressive, the That's Saints, Saints have been much worse. Saints beat the Browns by three points. And they actually should have lost that game. Goal. And the thing is, well, they should have they lost that game. Because the thing is, is if the Browns kicker made the points that he did, they would have had to score a touchdown, which they could have done. I there think the still, Saints, yeah, there's the still Saints like 30 seconds still left. still had like 30 seconds left, but the Browns defense with Denzel Ward, it's decent enough to where yeah. they could have made it interesting. Yeah. So I still think the Browns should have pulled that off, but... It didn't come down to just the missed extra point, is what I'm saying. Right. But... Because that's one point, and the Saints won by three. So. Right, exactly. But he also missed a field goal also, so he yeah. missed field goal, two extra points. I think or it was just field one. goal or two... It was two field goals and one extra point. Either yeah. way... That's, you know, that's seven points for you. Yeah. Whatever. That's just me. But I'm taking Saints over the Falcons on this one. Okay. I actually typed Falcons for you. Oh, Let me change now. it to Saints. I just assumed <laughs> you were going to go to the Falcons. Uh, I just Devin, like, that's a good rival. That's, I mean, that's a good ball out game. De- so. Devin's going Saints. I'm actually going to go Saints too. I think I, for no other reason than I just want the Saints to win. Um, I picked the Falcons to win the division, however, but I just haven't been impressed by either team. Julio Jones, I don't know what's going on. Ever since they went to the Super Bowl, he's been MIA. Matt Ryan hasn't been the same either. Um, I think the Saints, if they're going to get back on track this season, this is the week they do it. I think losing in week one, you were kind of like, you know, well, that was week one, anything can happen. And then I think almost losing to the Browns, they're like, okay, like, Time to get serious, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, but the Saints have gone 0-2. I was looking at it. It was 0-2 in their first, like, for the first two games of the opening of the season for five years now? Six five years? straight? Yeah. So wow. it's, it's like that's kind of how they've started the season, and they've ended pretty well. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Especially maybe, last year. Yeah. I mean, granted, maybe that's why they were, like, thankful that the Browns got scheduled in their top two, because, like, wow, finally. Finally a win. This, but, wow, they kind of got scared. So. The Browns have started 0-2 for the last, like, 
20 years. Yeah, it's been a problem. So, but you know what the thing, but they should be 2-0, you know, whatever. What can you do? Yep. Um, your upset pick. See, this one was hard for me because when I was going over other college games, I so first off, I stay away from the NFL with upset picks. Yeah, you well, just because it's not just, much of an upset. Exactly. No one does that. So Tabo does that. Yeah, apparently. But for me, this was hard because there weren't any games to me other than the ones we already had like that we were picking that I was like, oh, these could be potential upset. So for me, I'm kind of going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going ASU over Washington. Maybe Washington kind of bites a bullet here and takes an L. Take the note, ASU. All right. So that's, I mean, because I one more I, time, I missed. You missed. I missed who it was. ASU over Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a kind of a big one. I just think ASU is probably going to be the scariest team to play for in the South, South. because of the way USC is panning out. But I don't know. I think Washington's going to. I think Washington, you know, in history has had a problem with. Arizona State and Arizona State does play pretty well against Washington, yeah. so I think it's going to be that game in Seattle or in Tempe. Ah, uh, you know what? I didn't look at that, but I think it's at Washington. <laughs> I want to say it's, we didn't I do went, our due diligence. Yeah, apparently but. I didn't do very good, but I mean I could get that very quick. But I think it's at at Washington. Okay, so me and Devin actually had the same upset pick. It might be because I just texted him a picture of the <laughs> game picks, and I happened yeah. to have my upset pick in there too. So he thought that's what the game we were picking, but. Both of us said NIU over Florida State, which you might think, well, like, Florida State sucks. How can that be an upset? Looked at it. Florida State opened up as a 10-point favorite. Really? Over Northern Illinois. I think Northern Illinois' defense is fantastic. And if there's one thing we've seen from Florida State, it's that their defense sucks. And so if NIU's defense can hold Florida State to zero points, all it will take is a field goal on Northern Illinois' part. Um probably they'll score more than just three points against Florida State's defense, which has been yeah. atrocious all season long. Uh, Northern Illinois has got a pretty solid front line, and Florida State has a pretty well, terrible front line yeah. on offense. I mean, we've seen what happened, what NIU can do to terrible front lines. We've seen it. Uh, we saw it last Utah week doesn't do very Utah. good. So. Yeah. so I'm going to go the Northern Illinois Huskies okay. over Florida State. Yeah. So does Devin. Okay. Also, yes, it is at Washington. Okay. It is at Washington. But quickly, quickly, just real quick, I have a problem with the rankings here. Okay. I don't like it. When they come out with a tie on the number, just put one at 10 and 11. Yeah. Don't put them both it's at not 10. Gonna make that's much. stupid. Who like, else is at 10? I think it was like Penn State. Oh, really? I think so. Like, that's because that's just what I was looking Flip at. Flip a that. coin. Like, I was just who like, cares? why does it matter? Like, they're both, they're both not <laughs> going to make it to the playoff anymore, I don't think. So yeah. Because, like, like, if Washington, if you put Washington at 10 yeah, and Penn, Penn State 10. at 11, yeah, it's just ridiculous. If you put Washington at 10 and Penn State at 11 and Washington comes out against Arizona State with like a one-point win, like 31-30, and Penn State just blows out whoever they're playing this week, then Penn State will just jump them anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I had a problem sense. with that. <laughs> oh, well, what can you do? And that'll do it for us at the Sports Take Podcast. Big shout-out to Alex. It was just me and him today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Big shout-out to Marshall Thomas for joining us to do our NFL and college football power rankings. Appreciate him taking the time out of his schedule. Um, even though he's a Yankees and a Cowboys fan, what can you do? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, We're not all perfect. Yeah. Everyone makes mistakes. Marshall's just making yeah. two of them. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> But thanks to him. Thanks to all you guys for listening. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast so whenever we drop a new one, you'll be notified. Uh, you can listen to it as soon as it comes out. We are posting them at night now instead of normally we're doing it kind of afternoons, evenings. 
Now it's posted five minutes as soon as we're done recording. It's pretty good. So you can, it's pretty much like you'll be listening to it in real time as you listen to it back just on like a half an hour delay. Yeah. It's um, like a recording. You were just, you know what? Yeah. Like, oh man, I was, I, I got stuck at work. I just, you know, I'm going to watch it, it a little bit late. Yeah. What can you do? Um, but thank you guys for listening. Subscribe, leave us a review. Love you guys. Peace. Peace. <laughs>